What's up, friends? It's E, and welcome to this week's episode of Midweek Rise Up. I am so incredibly grateful for your support. It warms my heart to be able to see all the comments in the review section. It means the world to me. So if you have a minute, go to the subscribe and review section of this podcast. Leave us a word or a Bible verse that you've been carrying in your heart throughout the week that keeps you encouraged and motivated, because I just really want to make this podcast review space so unique and different and be almost like an added bookmark for that simple reminder that we're all in this together in this crazy life and God's got this. So with that said, let's jump into the good news. The word for this week is whirlwind. And I don't know about you, but I feel like 2019 in general has been an absolute whirlwind. And I find myself constantly defining it like that. And here we are coming up into 2020 with only 70 days left in this decade. You guys, that blows my mind. It feels like just yesterday, the 2000s were about to hit and people were going crazy. Like either we were going to have our computers completely reset be bombarded by aliens, or the world was ending, or all three of those at once. But no, here we are heading into a whole new decade, and it feels like a whirlwind. As the last 100 days are upon us, it's so easy to get caught up in it all and swept away in it. But what's fascinating, if we take a minute to pull this apart, is how present God is in a whirlwind, even though we might not even recognize his presence. By definition, to get kind of nerdy on you here, a whirlwind in itself is defined as two currents from opposite directions coming together, causing a circular motion. I'll argue here that maybe sometimes a whirlwind isn't all that bad. It just depends on what your two currents are, if you can pick up on that. Take it this way. Think of one of your happiest days. What were your two currents of that day that made it feel like it just blew by? Was it joy and excitement in that current? Was it adventure and laughter coming together in that current? And now on the flip side of that, we have heavier whirlwinds that are not so light, that can turn into legit storms that can just wreak havoc on our hearts. And that can be stress and anxiety. And sometimes we choose our own currents and sometimes we don't. But what we can control is our mindset through the storm, through that whirlwind. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Say this sentence out loud, and you can even pause the podcast if you want to, but just say these three words. Where were you? How demanding does that feel? Where were you? Do you ever find yourself often asking God, where were you? Why didn't you answer my prayers? Why didn't you come to my rescue? Where were you when everything was falling apart? Why did you ignore me, God? Where are you in this crazy whirlwind? And God's response is so simple. Right here. I never left. So then the question we should vulnerably be asking ourselves is, then who moved in the storm? The action of seeking in a storm has always been such a powerful and humbling pursuit. We all have them, storms. And when it rains, it pours. Yet how often do we cry out to God in a complete whirlwind of a storm, and in the middle of that storm, he speaks? It is so incredible. He calms the waters. He soothes your soul. I think one of the coolest depictions of God's power in a whirlwind is in Job chapter 38 through 40, when God confronts Job. But this confrontation is unique, and it's something that I think all of us can really relate to because we go through these storms in life of the highs and the lows. 
Now, if you haven't read the book of Job, I highly recommend you do. Not only is it one of the oldest books in the Bible, which not many people know, and it was written roughly around 6th century BCE, I believe, but we find questions about God's justice and why good people suffer in this book. So in Job 38, it says that God answers Job out of a whirlwind, a violent storm. And this shows that even in some of the stormy winds that are against us, God's voice is still fulfilled. It shows the mightiness of God's voice and how it is not lost amongst violent storms, but perfectly audible, even in the noise of a whirlwind. God designed it this way, to startle Job, to even startle us while reading it, to command our attention. And in the Greek and Hebrew translation of the word from the Bible, a whirlwind is a sudden, strong, and violent storm. So let's go down this path. Pretend it's a hurricane. I'm not a meteorologist, you guys, but let's just say that this symbolically was a Category 5 hurricane. Winds up to 160 miles per hour. But in that storm, where is the most peaceful point? It's always the center, the eye of the storm. And that's God in the center of every single one of our storms speaking to us like he did to Job. And it can be a storm we create on our own, a storm that we have pulled ourselves into that might not have even belonged to us in the first place, or we're swept up into creating a storm out of nothing. Yet there is God right in the center, right in the eye, because our God is a God of peace. And as we stand there in the center of that storm, which is made up of the words and sentences of, why would you do this to me? How could you let this happen? God brings you to the center of it, and he speaks to you, and he turns to ask you the questions. Just how you were asking him questions, now it's his turn. And just how he did with Job, where God was like, okay, you done, Job? You, you got all your questions out there, buddy? You cool? Great? Okay. So let me ask you something. And in chapter 38, God asks, why do you confuse the issue? Why do you talk without knowing what you're talking about? Pull yourself together, Job. Up on your feet. Stand tall. I have some questions for you, and I want some straight answers. Where were you when I created the earth? Tell me, since you know so much. Who decided on its size? Certainly you'll know that. Who came up with the blueprints and measurements? How was its foundation poured? And who set the cornerstone? While the morning stars sang in chorus and all the angels shouted praise? And who took charge of the ocean when it gushed forth like a baby from the womb? That was me. I wrapped it in soft clouds and tucked it in safely at night. Then I made a playpen for it, a strong playpen so it couldn't run loose, and said, stay here. This is your place. Your wild tantrums are confined to this place. And have you ever ordered morning? Get up, told Dawn. Get to work. So you could seize earth like a blanket and shake out the wicked like cockroaches? As the sun brings everything to light, brings out all the colors and shapes, the cover of darkness is snatched from the wicked. They're caught in the very act. Have you ever gotten to the true bottom of things, explored the caves of the deep ocean? Do you know the first thing about death? Do you have one clue regarding death's dark mysteries? And do you have any idea how large this earth is? Speak up if you have even the beginning of an answer. Do you know where light comes from and where darkness lives so you can take them by the hand and lead them home when they get lost? Why, of course you know that. 
You've known them all your life, grown up in the same neighborhood with them. Have you ever traveled to where snow is made, seen the vault where hail is stockpiled, the arsenals of hail and snow that keep in readiness for times of trouble and battle and war? Can you find your way to where lightning is launched or to the place from which the wind blows? Who do you suppose carves canyons for the downpours of rain and charts the route of thunderstorms that bring water to unvisited fields, deserts no one has ever laid eyes on, drenching the useless wasteland so they're carpeted with flowers and grass? And who do you think is the father of rain and dew, the mother of ice and frost? You don't for a minute imagine these marvels of weather just happened, do you? Can you get Venus to look your way or get the great bear and her cubs to come out and play? Do you know the first thing about the sky's constellations and how they affect things on Earth? Can you get the attention of the clouds and commission a shower of rain? Can you take charge of the lightning bolts and have them report to you for orders? And God continues, do you presume to tell me what I'm doing wrong? Are you calling me a sinner so you can be a saint? Do you have an arm like my arm? Can you shout and thunder the way I can? Go ahead, show your stuff, Job. Let's see what you're made of, what you can do. Unleash your outrage. Target the arrogant and lay them flat. Target the arrogant and bring them to their knees. Stop the wicked in their tracks. Make mincemeat out of them. Dig a mass grave and dump them in it, faceless, corpses in an unmarked grave. I'll gladly step aside and hand things over to you. You can surely save yourself with no help from me. Wow. Now, you guys, that is a perspective shift. God answers his own people in terrible corrections as out of the whirlwind, but always in righteousness. Why would we ever question our God who is perfect, sovereign, holy, and so real? Our God is an all-the-time God. He is more than just a dispensable blesser, if you will, available when we want him or need him and irrelevant when we don't. He is the governor of our lives, the sovereign one who directs us in every way we should go, the blesser who measures his blessings by the depths of his grace, and the shepherd who will lead us through both comfortable plains and difficult valleys. He is the God of real life, and real life has troubles. And God will do what is best for us, not just what we think we deserve. So stop talking about your storm. Stop questioning God's will for your life because it's perfect. It's divine. And whatever happens to you in your life, God is using it for good, as stated in Romans 8.28. So stand firm in your storm and be expectant that you'll hear God's voice right in the middle of it. And claim your peace alongside him and don't question the process, but instead praise through it and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, not God, but ask yourself this question. Where were you? And work your way back from that. Because God can do anything and everything, and nothing and no one will ever be able to upset or divert his plans for you. So you guys, here's some words of encouragement, because I know this has been a heavier episode than the others. When you cry out, where were you? He's right there, sovereignly ruling over your circumstances. Don't get angry. Don't hold a grudge. What you can't see, God can see. He has allowed things to happen and go a certain way because there was something good in them to allow. And sometimes we have to remember that there's a lesson we need to learn from the circumstances we're in. But thank goodness we have a Savior to lean on. Trust that. He has you here for just that reason. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, thank you for being in the middle of our storms. Thank you for protecting us and guiding us as we go about the whirlwinds of our life. Just hold us close to your heart. Forgive us when we fall short, God, and, and begin to question you in our moments of weakness. Your perfect ways and perfect will are just that. They're perfect. Please pour out your blessings on those who are in a whirlwind right now, God, and are seeking your divine peace that surpasses understanding. We need you every day, every second. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys are loved. Go rise up. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that these words encouraged and challenged you and postured your heart for the rest of the week ahead. Feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, or on your social media. And in the review section, let us know how we can be praying for you. We're so grateful to have you join us right here every Wednesday on Midweek Rise Up.